All right. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, whatever time you are listening to this. I hope you are having a good time. We are back with uh, episode three of season one of the Rivalry Podcast. I am here with Cody White of the Toronto Maple Leafs. At least that's what he likes to think. Uh, and I am, of course, uh, Ryan Coghill, and I am the Buffalo Sabres half of this, hence the rivalry name. Uh, so last week we talked about expansion. Uh, we ran through Seattle's, uh, well, what we think would be Seattle's uh, potential rosters or what we hope that they are, um, as well as where we think the NHL could end up in the future. Um, so we threw out names like New Orleans and Baltimore, and it was, it was a fun time uh, talking about some things. Episode one, though, uh, we got right into it, talking about expectations for the season, where we think everybody's going to fall, um, <clears throat> basically basically the state of not only our teams, but other teams like the Oilers uh, we specifically talked about, and uh, a couple other NHL teams, too. Uh, so this week on episode three, though, we are doing a deep dive into the handful of games uh, that our two respective teams have played so far, as well as uh, how we think the rest of the NHL is doing. Um, so I'm, of course, we talk about the Buffalo Sabres, as well as uh, how they've played. I mean, it's our first year with the new coach, so this should be a pretty interesting conversation. And Cody will be deep diving into Toronto and Mike Babcock and his feelings on him and everything else is happening in Toronto. So I'm going to stop talking really quick. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to Cody. And I don't know what you were going to pick to start off with. I don't know if you're starting off with forwards, defensemen, or goaltenders. But we talked about this before we started taping. Um, and really, neither one of us has any idea where we're going to start. So it's kind of a shoot, shoot your shot in the dark type situation here. So why don't, why don't you start with, uh, with Toronto? All right. Um, so first of all, not – pleased with how the games are going i mean they look fine but we we of course had our uh our blown lead to montreal the other night that made me feel real good about everything which brings me to my starting point of goaltending of course anderson is phenomenal he's always going to be phenomenal and he's going to be our starter so we can no longer afford him but we need a backup big time. Michael Hutchinson, it's only his first game. He was kind of left out the dry, but it was also Montreal. Take with that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't well, know. Montreal's, Montreal's at a point where they could go either way. They could be good or they could be bad. I mean, they had – Buffalo played Montreal tonight, so that's the game that I was watching at work. And – there were times, I mean, at one point we were up 4-2. Buffalo blew, uh, blew that lead. We went into overtime. Uh, I mean, Buffalo eventually won, which we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But, um, I mean, Montreal's at the point where they could be good and they could be bad. Yes. I'll agree with that. But it's just I'm so used to seeing Toronto just destroy. And they were. But they were up four to one. Yep. They were looking good. Nothing was, you know, and this is Carey Price we're talking about. So getting four past Carey Price, not always the easiest thing to do. No, it is not. He Jack Eichel tonight. But um, 
but I don't know. I don't know. Just something about it irked me really badly. Um, but then again, we came back and played St. Louis the other night. It was our first regulation loss, but I think it was the best Leafs game I've watched in probably 10 years. They've, they just came out, they played a good game against the defending champs and it, you could just see that it could go either way for them. And I mean, that's, that's the respectable thing though. Like it's obviously it doesn't make a loss any better, but when you watch a good game of hockey, if you lose, you're like, okay, there was, it was a good game of hockey. There's areas that we can definitely improve. Yeah. Like we, we got out coached. We got out, you know, we got beat out with the number of pucks on that, the number of pucks in the net, obviously. But if you're going to have a game where you just completely suck and you get blown out and lose, that's, that's going to hurt a lot worse. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, and it was – the big boys were scoring. Uh, everybody but Austin Matthews pretty much. You know, Nylander had a beautiful goal, probably the best goal I've seen in the NHL for him in the start of his career. Just kind of skated right around Bangington and put it right in. It was beautiful. Um, but the big thing here, and this is Kapanen. Kapanen and Janssen were the two people that I – when we first started this, the first thing I said was – I love that they got signed right away. They were good contracts. I was excited to see them. They're on first line, second line, whatever one you want to say is our first line, our second line. It doesn't matter to me. But Kapanen is with John Paris and Marner for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the kid just looks like he, he he just looks like he lost all of his speed throughout the past offseason. Which I know isn't true, because he's one of the fastest kids out there. But he just lost his speed, and then I don't know if you saw it or not. His little uh, blocked a blocked a shot towards the end of the third period, or towards middle of third period, broke his stick and threw his stick at Petrie. Right as just threw it at his feet, and it they awarded him obviously a uh, penalty shot which they scored on, which tied the game. And then they went ahead and uh, scored another one right after that because, you know, if Petrie scores a penalty shot, that probably gives you some momentum. Right. And then Austin Matthews uh, tied it up, and we ended up losing in the shootout. But it should have never went to overtime. Had he just blocked the shot, it, you know, let it go. Right. He didn't have a great shot right afterwards to where it was a big deal where he had to throw the stick to try to, you know, make a big play. Right. It was just a stupid, stupid thing to do. It's like that point in the game where it's like you cannot screw up. Yeah. It was 13 minutes into the the third period. So. And you, and they're, they were up by one at that point. Yeah. We were up by one. We kill that penalty. That's very much, that's, it's done. It's done. We win. Right. But now I was I was mad at Kapanen for it, and I do blame him for the the game because that, that essentially gave them everything. But how, as a goaltender, do you let Petrie score a penalty shot? It's Petrie. He's not. It's. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, that game irked me to no end. Beginning of the season was phenomenal. I'm excited for the Leafs still. But watching the Sabres and seeing them do this uh, this 
beautiful stuff that they've been up to is uh, making me miss a few years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. That's all right. Windows open now. It's got the best Leaf team I've seen in a long time. I'm sure they'll they'll pull through. Yeah. Well, how much for yourself? Uh, what, obviously, the scoring is there for Buffalo, but what do you think they're missing? What do I think they're missing? Um, if anything at this point. No, they're definitely missing some things. I don't know if it's necessarily missing, but there's definitely um, some questionable things. So in, in terms of gameplay, not specifically – breaking down the rosters just yet, but talking about gameplay, uh, we opened up against Pittsburgh. And uh, if you guys that are listening, well, guys or gals that are listening, uh, listen specifically to last week, we went to town on Pittsburgh. <laughs> we went to town. I don't know, Cody, if you saw, but I, I was basically using our entire Pittsburgh, his, well, your quote, Pittsburgh is losing steam all over social media. Everybody's like, well, I'll talk to you in April when Pittsburgh's at the top of the league and they're winning the cup again. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. I'm with you. Buffalo, it was a regulation win, three to one, three to one. And guess what? Uh, I'm pretty sure Malkin was the one that scored for Pittsburgh. Crosby did not score at all. That's yeah. that. Not not only is that was that their season opener. That was our season opener for Buffalo. So not only was that theirs, that's their home opener. And yeah. Sid Crosby, Sid the Kid, does not score. And now they got Malkin out. He's yeah. hurt. They oh, got a few yeah. injuries. Uh, what is it? Rust, Malkin, and a couple others. I mean, yeah, Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh's pretty much – I don't want to say that they're done, but they're pretty much – season, but they're going to – they're going to yeah. lose. I mean, they're – they've, they've going to be the test. They've lost all momentum. I just love that they got rid of Kessel because Malkin was being a little uh, whiny baby about him, and now he, he's hurt, and they can definitely use Kessel. So no, makes me feel good inside. But they opened up 3-1 to one against Pittsburgh with a win. I don't know what to say. I mean, I mean, the NHL is, you know, you win some, you lose some league. It's not like the NFL where you're playing your, your division twice. Yeah. A season, and then you have some different teams sprinkled in throughout that you might not play every couple of, or every year. New Jersey's a team that Buffalo plays religiously. Um, there's not a season that goes by where they're not playing New Jersey at least once. Um, I think I said last week that there's a little bit of a Buffalo Devils or a Sabres Devils rivalry that isn't really talked about. It's kind of there, but not there. Yeah. Um, Buffalo, 7 2 win. Regulation absolutely annihilated a, a very young, very new Devils team. That's not to say they didn't play well, but they were not prepared for for a team that is that is more seasoned between Skinner and Eichel, and now Dalin not no longer a rookie. Um, but a, a seven-two win, I can't really say much about it. I mean, it's obviously good for us because it's a win, and at that point we were undefeated uh, at two and zero. But um, I remember I was at the New Jersey game last year where we beat them, I think, like 6 to nothing or 6-2 to two or something like that, and then turned around two weeks later and New Jersey absolutely destroyed us like 5 nothing. So I can't really say that New Jersey, that my prediction that New Jersey is going to win the East and go on to the finals is wrong just because we're, we're only, you know, four or five games into the season, but – Going past that, we had uh, our first loss was an overtime loss to Columbus, four to three. 
there was a game that was kind of almost a you had to win it, especially after what you did with Pittsburgh and New Jersey. It was almost like you had to win it. Um, I think they got too lax and they were maybe a little bit easy going into it, but they took the loss pretty well. Um, and then tonight we had an overtime win against Montreal 5-4. Um, I think I it honestly is – I don't know if you've seen anything from the tapes or I don't know if you've seen Buffalo play at all, but this is definitely – this is a very different team. Oh, yeah. You can, you can tell. Just the way – I mean – I have it written down for for Eichel specifically, but I mean he's doing things that I have never seen him do, even going all the way back to his rookie year. I mean this is a completely different team, and I think it's really easily summed up by Kruger's quote, which I don't know if you had heard this or not, but um, uh, Kruger obviously not a not a first time head coach, but first year head coach with the Sabers, um, was asked about. Uh, can't remember specifically what it was, but it, he was asked uh, something about the lines, like uh, you know who's going to be on the fourth line, or you know who's you know what's the distinction between third and fourth line, blah blah blah. And he looked at the reporter and said, um, "Which one's the fourth line?" And I kind of love that because he's saying, "I I want the same. I want I want production from all the lines." Yeah. You know, obviously you're assigned to a specific line, but it doesn't matter what you're on. You're expected to do the same thing. Whereas, you know, traditionally the fourth line is for guys who are not named Jeff Skinner and Jack Eichel. Um, But he's expecting that the fourth line produces the same as the third, as the second, as the first. And I think that that was something that was really important to point out. Uh, And I really love that quote because you do not hear that much about the NHL. The NHL is very steadfast in its ways um, in terms of how it's set up and how teams operate. Um, so I, I'm, I was sold on the beginning. I thought that it was a great idea to bring Kruger in. Um, I was actually in, I was in new Orleans when it was announced. Um, and I know that his name had been rumored for a while, but I was in new Orleans when it was announced. Um, and I, I liked what I heard from him when I was watching his press conference down there, but I've been sold on Kruger since day one. I'm happy that other people are joining that bandwagon. I think that he's a good coach. And on top of that, I think Bottrell is a good GM. So I'm excited. I'm very excited to see what the next 78, 79, 77, I don't know how many games are left. But. Whatever Matt says, right? Yeah. It's been – been fun the few games that i've watched for the savers it reminds me like i said earlier about the earlier earlier leafs when they just come out and they'd score and score and score and score and i think that's exactly what you know kruger's allowing him to do is play the game allowing him to be offensive and not just worry about defense all the time Um, i think they're going to fall into very similar woes as what the leafs have done they're gonna you know lose steam eventually they're gonna be able to score you know Four or five goals game, every game. It's just not going to happen in the NHL. Um, to where they'll have to kind of spread out the love a little bit more. But you see, you, it's not just the top guys scoring. The top guys are getting points. Yep, Olsen's yep. getting points. Yeah, arguably he's going to be a top guy there, there is, eventually. Yeah, I, I, I definitely um, when we talk about. Forward, definitely want to talk about Olsen. Oh God, yeah, he's he's just been. Um, did he get another point tonight? Because I mean, he's uh, yeah. a he he's killing. 
Yeah, I, he has scored, I think, in every game that we've played so far. At least yeah. one. No, I hit him. He scored twice. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he scored twice on the night that I had him on the bench on my fantasy team. Yeah, which that's was, right. But I'm also one of the, like, 15% of people on Yahoo that had him at that point. Right. So I was pretty proud of that. But um, I think, you know, the Devils game, I kind of shrugged off. Devils running back-to-back. Back to back. That is true. And they they just didn't look good. They didn't look good. The Sabres walking all over them. You know, I'm not taking anything away from the Sabres. They did some skillful stuff. They looked great. Yep. But had that not been a back to back, do I think it would have been a closer game? Probably. Sabres definitely would have won still. No, nothing against that. But the Blue Jackets game, I think, is the biggest one that I watched that was. Uh, Accurate to me. Yeah. I thought it was going to go the opposite way. I definitely thought the Sabres were going to, but they looked like a team that still needed to do something. It wasn't a perfect game, but it was still a good game. Yeah, it was. It still looked competitive, which is important. That's the most important thing. Oh, no, 100% agree with you. I think also, I I think it's fair to point out too, that going into it, they they assumed that Columbus was going to be an easy dub and went into it and were kind of lazy about the way that they played. It, don't get me wrong, I agree with you 100%. It was a good game. Uh, I watched that one at work too because um, I get no work done at work. But, um, <laughs> no, it, it was definitely a good game in terms of, uh, I mean, the skill level there is pretty much matched on both sides. Even though Columbus did lose um, some some big skill there in the offseason, um, in terms of how they're looking to, to go about their future. But, uh, no, it, uh, but they were definitely lazy, the Sabres, at least. We were, were very lazy, and Columbus was very hungry in that game. Um, so, exactly like you said, I thought Buffalo was going to win too. Had they come into it hungry like Columbus was, I think the outcome would have been a little bit different. I think the score would not have been as close as it was throughout the game. It probably would have looked a little bit more like the Devils game then. Yeah. yeah. And had and again, had the Devils not had the the back to back, which is I saw that you were on Twitter talking about back to backs in the NHL and how that needs to be fixed. But um yeah, had they not done the back to back, uh the score probably would have looked like the Columbus game. So basically switch the scores for New Jersey and Columbus and move the schedules around a little bit, and that's what it would have been. That's probably fair. I mean Leafs uh Leafs played the Jackets for their second game. They beat them 4-1. I believe that was the Jackets' homeowner opener as well. So it was, it was good stuff. I like it. I like ruining people's lives and <laughs> they're fun. But I don't think anybody in Columbus was expecting this team to be phenomenal this year. You know, I think uh, obviously the general manager showed what he did last season. The trade deadline. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully he's got some more tricks up his sleeve, but you don't want to be that team that's known for grabbing people last minute and making yeah. a run and then losing them. Well, Columbus was, was not bad the last two or three seasons. No. They were not bad at all. They were close. I mean, they were – I don't remember if they made the playoffs, but – Unless you're – Yeah, they were – I mean, they were they were there. And, yeah. I mean, they decided, obviously, to go into a different direction. So, hopefully it works out for them. Um so it would be nice to see what happens with Columbus. But Your window is closed. No. That's, why they, that's why they made those moves at the end of the year. They knew last year was the last year of the window. Yeah. We'll have Bob. Bob was franchise goaltender. 
Yeah. No Panarin. No Panarin. Um, granted, Panarin, a smaller loss than Bob. Bob's the big one. Yep. Uh, losing Bob is detrimental to that team. I mean, Corpy's all right. I think he'll be good. Right, but, but Bob's the backbone of that team. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Bob's top shit, top three goaltender in the league. Yeah. Arguably top, you know, top five max. That was the equivalent of New Jersey losing Brodeur. I wouldn't go that far, but yes. Yeah. Like, to so the we'll team. Talk- Brodeur at, Bro, at that time, or New Jersey at that time. Yeah, yeah importance to the team-wise. Yeah. I, I, Bob is big, big, and he's going to be a big part. I want Florida. I think Florida's going to be a decent team this year. Um, and then, of course, Carolina has been the team that's been just impressing the hell out of me. Yep. And they came out of heart because Reimer, you know, Pulling an old Reimer moves and having 50, 50 shot games, winning them, and you yeah, know, Reimer's, I mean, I'm sure that you agree, but Reimer's a completely underestimated goaltender. Oh God, yeah, but he's completely inconsistent. That's why he's underrated. That's true. You know, he he was single handedly the reason the Leafs made the playoffs in 2013. Mm-hmm. He was also big reason they lost in the playoffs in 2013. It, it just happens. But that's not to say, you know, I, I love him. I absolutely love him. I'll support him no matter where he goes unless it's Pittsburgh. And I'm glad he ended up in, in Carolina because they always know what to do with goalies. They always seem to re- revive people's careers. So I'm excited that he's there. And then, of course, Jake Gardner being there. He scores, I believe, that the homeowner opener. He scored their OT winning goal. To see him uh, getting the recognition he deserves and was being sworn at by Leafs fans and used as the scapegoat. But it's good stuff. It's good stuff. My big thing right now, and you kind of brought it up, is back to backs. Yeah. I don't actually hate back to backs. I just need to make that clear. Back to backs aren't bad, it's necessary. Otherwise, the game would be too long. You would ha- you would have to shorten to get rid of back to backs. You would have to shorten the season significantly. Yeah, I mean, you got to think. There's normally, on average, I want to say twelve, thirteen back to backs in a season. Yeah, this you know, eliminating twelve games is not it's easy not, to do. It's not bad now, in the beginning of the season. Just be, I mean, there's so there are so few in the beginning of the season, but once you start hitting like. The latter end of the middle, towards the end, it seems like it seems like every night your team is just—it's like everybody has back-to-backs. Yeah. Because so it's, I guess I don't know exactly how they do it, but it has to be just randomized because yeah. the league this season in October, October we've already played one back-to-back. We have three more back-to-backs. Next month, next week. Two back-to-backs. Oh, man. We do a back-to-back, one day off, and then a back-to-back. That's four games in five nights. Well, I know. I remember way back when, because this was the whole thing going into it, the 2000 – was it the – I think it was the 07-08 season for Buffalo when that huge – yeah, I think it had to have been because it was 
seven when that huge fight happened against Ottawa, we were playing because that was towards the end of the season. We were playing Ottawa, which was a huge part of why that fight happened. That huge brawl, yeah, um, very hit was because we were you were playing Ottawa almost like it felt like every night. Yeah, we were playing. I mean, we played Ottawa probably two or three times within like a two week span. Yeah. I personally, I think, I think that's the answer. If you're going to do a back-to-back, you need to make sure that both teams are on a back-to-back. Yeah. Um, I think doing a series would be okay, you know, home and home or whatever. Make back-to-backs closer. Like, Buffalo should not have to play a team in, like, in Buffalo and then turn around and fly out to, like, the West Coast or down to, like, Tampa and play that next night. Like yeah. play have, the time to keep that in consideration, but like have a team like have a team play in Buffalo, and then Buffalo goes and plays like Montreal, or they yeah. play Toronto the next night. Like if you, if it's in Toronto, the team's not leaving till that next morning, anyways. Oh yeah. yeah, but if it's in Montreal, you're gonna leave the night before. But I mean, still, you're gonna get there a lot sooner. You're gonna get to sleep a lot sooner. Maybe wake up a little bit later. But you know, don't don't have like don't have Montreal fly down to Florida if they're going to play in a back-to-back, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Yep. So, yeah, so this is, I'm looking at the schedule now. We have next Tuesday, the 15th, we play the Wild. And then the 16th, we play the Capitals. 19th, we play the homestand? Huh? I said, is this road, homestand, intermixed? So, first one's home, second one's away. Mm-hmm. And then we have the 19th, we play Boston. And then, you know, two days later, Blue Jackets at home. And then we play Boston again in Boston on the 22nd. So that's another back-to-back. And then the 25th and 26th, we have another back-to-back. It's We have a ton of them. And then right in the beginning of November, another one. We have two of them in November, right in the beginning of the month. The 9th, the 10th. 16. <laughs> it's just the 29th to 30th, which those are Sabres, Sabres Leafs. They played two nights in a row, which is fine. Yeah. I, think I like going to the game. Yeah, I like that. I like that there's, yeah. you know, if you're playing the same team and both teams aren't back-to-back, it's cool. fine. It's yeah. fine. But if, you know, if we're playing, you know, Boston's going to have a two-day rest before they play us at home and we're on a back-to-back. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. How's that fair? How's that fair to anybody? Granted, it happens to every team, but the fact that we have in the first two months of the season, we have like six to seven back-to-backs seems a little ridiculous to me. Yeah. It's like you're kind of setting it up for failure. Hopefully it's just, you know, randomized. I don't know how they do it. I'm sure it's just scheduling and travel and how whatever. But if you really think about it, obviously you can't cut out 12 games, but if you day in between those – you're only lengthening the season by like a week. Yeah. You know, six weeks. Playoff goes all the way into like June. Yeah. So it's not what it really matters anyways. Although yeah. that, that, that does kind of, I mean, the NHL already has the shortest off season of the four. Yeah. See what would work. And the AHL does it this way. They don't have back to backs very often. Like that. Make the first two rounds best of five. Right. And then do best of seven. 
There's something it doesn't doesn't MLB do that where their first round is only is only best of five and then the rest of it is seven. Yeah, yeah it would that would make a lot of sense. It'd be fine. I mean, I per I like I like best of seven more, but it's more interesting. If I if that means we don't get back to backs, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I you know whether whether GMs and owners and everybody else agrees with me is besides the point. But as a fan, I don't even podcast. Yeah, I don't even like uh, I don't even like watching back to backs. The second night of a back to back, I just always assume is going to be a failure. Yeah, you can have these tired defensemen. We don't have a very good defensive team to begin with. We have these tired defensemen and a backup goalie. Like it's the team that's rested for three days, right. two days. It just seems like why bother? It's just a recipe to get lit up. That's yeah. it. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It gives you, you know, it's a. Some players might see it as a test for the playoffs. You know, you're going to be tired in the playoffs more. So if you have a back to back, you're kind of getting used to it. I don't, I don't care. As a as a consumer, as somebody who watches it, it's just to me just. It it turns you off to the game. Waste. Yeah. It's just a waste. I feel and like I said, if they did, if they did series, kind of like baseball, you know, the back-to-back games, playing the same people, that'd be cool. I'd be yeah. cool with it because then you really get to see it. You know, oh, let's see how these two teams played each other the first right. night versus the second night and compare because that's how the playoffs is. You're playing the same team. Mm-hmm. Do it that way. It wouldn't be hard. No. Whatever. But uh. You want me to start with? Uh, you want me to start with Buffalo? Sure. In terms of rosters, so so like we said before, uh, what we're gonna do is we're just we're we're gonna start off at random individually. So I might talk about forwards, and then Cody might turn around and talk about goaltending. Um, so it's it's gonna be kind of a shoot in the dark uh, or a shot in the dark. Um, I really. I mean, I think for Buffalo, you almost have to start off with defense just because defense was the was the only thing that it seemed that Sabres fans were talking about this offseason. Yeah. The preseason, and now six games into the season. Well, heading into the sixth game of the season. Fifth game of the season. Fifth game of the season. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> five. five. Yeah, yeah, five games. So, One, so, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So – Defense. Defense is where it's at. Um, if you if if you're not familiar with Buffalo's defense, uh, just listed off of the website. There's Zach Bogosian, Rasmus Dahlin, John Gilmore, Matt Hunwick, Henry Yokiharu, Jake McCabe, Colin Miller, Brandon Montour, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Marco Scandella. Um, Bogosian, we talked about this. Uh, we talked about him a little bit on the first episode and joked around about the fact that when it was the draft and Cody and I were texting back and forth, I offered Bogosian in a trade to Toronto for a bag of all-dressed chips, for which I'm still waiting for the all-dressed chips. But Bogosian's injured. Honestly, I don't care if he comes back or not. I'd rather that he didn't. I'd rather that he just gets cut and or, like, he loses the ability to skate. He's just, he's not, he's up there in age now. Well, he's actually really not. He looks a lot older than he is. Um, I think he's only in like his mid twenties, right? He's only like 27, 20 years old. Yeah, I think so. Not that old. He looks like he's like 34. And I get it. Like being on the Sabres team for the last couple of years, like I get it. It's going to age you. But um, 
Bogosian's just not. He's more of a, he's more of a you know I'm gonna hit you and I'm gonna defend the puck. Whereas the Sabers are not, especially the defense is not that. It, they're the Sabers defense is a very um, offensive goal scoring oriented defense, and Bogosian just isn't that. So honestly, I mean I'm sure he's a nice guy and whatever. He grows a pretty nice beard, but he's injured, and honestly he can stay injured and stay off the team. I really don't care about having Bogosian back that much. But Darlene, like we talked about, um, Darlene has been doing a lot better this season. And he, you, you've definitely seen him show up with more of his offensive side. Um, I think, what, like seven points in four games or something already? He's good. We already knew he was good. He was taken first overall in the draft. Um, but Darlene's good. And, and this is what I was talking about before. I don't know if I had mentioned this just with you or on the first episode, but he Kruger is doing exactly what I was hoping he would do and what I thought he would do, which is let Darlene be Darlene and go after the net and not have him do what Housley was doing, which is at the blue line. Well, if Bottrell's getting you offensive defensemen, you can't turn around as the coach and put them at the blue line. That doesn't make any sense. You're, it's a complete – you're taking two players out of the game when you should have five attacking the net. Uh, Gilmore's been a healthy scratch um, so far this season. But uh, honestly, came out of nowhere. I saw him at um, I saw him at camp over the summer, um, and he looked pretty good. Uh, didn't know or think that he was going to make the roster. Honestly, thought he was AHL, but here he is. He's just a healthy scratch. Uh, him and Rodriguez have been healthy scratches. Um, obviously, though, Rodriguez did play tonight. Um, I like Gilmore. I think he has potential, but again, whatever. Hunwick out for the season uh, with a neck injury, uh, and he's currently coaching for Michigan. Um, but Henry Yokiharu, we got in a trade with uh, with Chicago in exchange for sending our Nylander away, bye-bye, away. Um, good move, by all accounts, I think maybe for both teams. Uh, Nylander seems to be doing pretty okay in Chicago, which, you know, happy for him. But Yokiharu has been paired with uh, Scandella. Um, I don't know if it was just tonight or so far throughout the season, um, or throughout the last couple of games, but Yokiharu's been with Scandella. Looks good. He looks like a young, promising defenseman. McCabe. I don't know if you saw that video when Taylor Hall tried to hit McCabe and just laid him out. Okay. Taylor Hall is a smart guy. Yeah. You would hope that he's a smart guy. <laughs> I don't know why you chose Jake McCabe as the guy to get your revenge on for a hit on one of your teammates. I get it. I'm all about the whole, you know, you hit one of our guys, we're going to hit one of yours. Um, Jake McCabe as your choice, though. Not really sure that that was the smartest move you've ever made, other than staying next or staying in New Jersey. But um, I don't know about that. Colin Miller has looked pretty decent. We got him in a trade with uh, with the Golden Knights. Um, I think June. I think June was the trade. Uh, June or July. Um, Colin Miller's looked pretty decent. Uh, Montour's on injured reserve. Uh, he injured his hand in preseason. And now we're finally at the name that everybody's been talking about, Rasmus Ristolainen. 
Um, didn't want to start off with him because we would spend most of the time talking about him. Uh, out of our defensemen, he has the most ice time, yet he has the least to show for it. Um, I think he had last game about eight and a half minutes uh, of ice time uh, per okay. period or something. Oh, like per period, that. okay. <laughs> yeah, per period. Not the entire game, um, like, but per period he was averaging about eight and a half, uh, if not a little bit more. Um, most ice time out of all the defensemen, but there's really nothing to show for it. Uh, I just really quick wanted to get – do you have a take on it or not? Because, I mean, we've talked about this before. You know I, I, I think that there are other problems on this defense, like Hunwick and Bogosian, than there is with Ristolainen. But there were all those trade talks that had him going to Vancouver, that had him going to, um, to, to Winnipeg. What, what do you think about Ristolainen – um, do you think that he's maybe the, the trade rumors and the uncertainty kind of had him shook up in the off season, So he wasn't as prepared as he should have been. Do you think, or do you think he is just not that good of a defenseman? I think he's your guy's scapegoat. Every team's got it. Yeah. He's the scapegoat. He's the one that everybody wants to blame him being the top defenseman as far as time on ice goes and not having anything to show for it is just part of being a defensive defense offensive team. If he's not putting up points, that's not a big deal. Then that's probably not his son his role anymore. It's not his role. He used to be that guy. He used to be the one and it took him way out of the game and it made him way worse of a defenseman than he ever had been. I think this year he's going to be sitting back a little bit, um, trying to make his place on the team known. And if it doesn't work, then they probably trade him at a trade deadline unless they're in a position where they shouldn't. Right. Um, he's got value. Other teams out there would love him. Um, I don't like him. I don't like playing against him. Oh. He's just an asshole to me, I guess. But as a player, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. He's definitely not a bad defenseman by any means. Right. He's just. Right. That that defenseman that's going to be your top minutes on ice, and he's going to be the scapegoat. And unfortunately, if it was him, who would be? You know, it's just you can't have Scandella be a scapegoat. You know, it's somebody who's actually not great. Um, Finna, go ahead and finish with uh, Scandella. I haven't talked about him yet, but he is the next one on my list, and I, I have positives he, to say about him. I do too. He's looked good. He's yeah. looked good. He yeah. has. Nah, he does not. Just but. Look. He, he, looks, he looks as good as he should have been when we traded. When he first got here. Yeah. Like, this is, this is who he was supposed to be two or three seasons ago. And I don't, yes. know, if it's, I don't know if it's just the new system under Kruger because I think Kruger's done wonders with this defense. I don't know if it's him playing with a young guy like Yoki Haru. I don't know if it's a combination of both. Whatever it is, I don't care. I like it. Keep it up. So think back to last season. Yeah. Everybody, it was Scandella this, Scandella that. He played like garbage yep. when that would happen. Ristolainen's going to play the same way with him being the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Trade rumors don't come out of nowhere. Yeah. I think I think the team probably started some rumors 
got everybody talking about wrist alignment a little bit more, and it's taking the spot off the skin and I think that's helping him quite a bit. When you're new to a team like he was, um, it's tough to begin with. It's tough. Yeah. So I think now he's able to kind of focus on his game, not be that everybody scapegoat. As I was getting to, I wasn't saying he's a bad player. <laughs> um, Scandello, when he got traded there, I thought it was a fantastic move. Um, I mean, just based purely, based purely off of his stats at that time and his play and his tape from Minnesota, it was a good move. Yeah. Uh, because we were giving up off uh, at least Felino. I don't remember. I think there was another player that we gave up. But we gave up Felino. Um, who really wasn't doing anything for us at that time. Um, we got Scandella, and I mean, we got Jason Pominville back. I think part of it, though, like you were talking about, not only was Scandella new to a team at the time of that trade, but you were also getting a guy back who was beloved as Jason Pominville in Buffalo. Yes. Because when you have when you have a guy that's coming to a team, has already been in that team, already knows the area, already knows the way around the facility, has the Pominville population. I mean, people were out there messing with street signs and putting things up in the arena. Jason Pominville was acquired in that trade as a dump by Minnesota. Yeah. But he ended up – and Scandella was, was the point of that trade, but then it ended up reversed, and Scandella seemed like he was the dump by Minnesota and Pominville. And don't get me wrong, I wish Pominville was still on the team. Honestly, if we could if, – if it was me, I'd get rid of Sabatka and put Pominville in. That's just okay. me. <laughs> um, but just, you know, Pominville just posts up in front of the net and, and, and does this thing, deflects shots in, puts, puts pucks into the net. But at the end of the day, I mean, that trade was for Scandella, and then it turns around on him, and all of a sudden it's all about Jason Pominville because as soon as it was announced that Pominville was part of that trade, nobody cared about Scandella. Yeah. It was all about Jason Pominville. Yeah. Which sucks for him, but I, I think you're right. Now that now that Scandell has been here, I mean, that was two, three years ago? Two years ago. I mean, he's been here a while now. He's acclimated to it. I think the new system does help. I think that he's with a younger guy um, like Yoki Haru helps. Um, but, yeah, I, I think everything that, you know, combination of what you and I said, being new to the team, and then on top of that, the whole – perspective of the trade getting switched around kind of kind of messed with him a little bit and he ended up becoming a team scapegoat yeah yeah and yeah i think risto line being the scapegoat's gonna you know risto he's used to everything i mean he was yeah. the guy that would go out and fight if he needed to he was the guy that would go out and take a penalty if he needed to right he was always the guy to try to shift momentum he's he's able to take people's crap and just do whatever he wants with it. It doesn't make a difference to him. Yeah. Scandella may not have been that guy. The pressure could have been on him and just not worked out. So yeah. I think Risto, I think he sticks around. I think he's going to be part of the team for quite a while unless somebody else makes an offer for him that's too good to be true and it gets taken. I, I, I didn't mean to really cut you off, but I think that – I don't – I mean, he would have fit well – probably he would have fit – he would have fit better into Winnipeg than he would have Vancouver. But I think that there was actual interest from at least both of those teams. 
Yeah, if you look at both of those teams, they both need something. Um, more yeah. so Winnipeg than – I don't think we were going to get lining but, after the trade deal. Oh, God, no. But, but no, I, th- I think that there was – I think I mean, there was uh, there was definitely interest. It wasn't just a rumor that was started and, and things that were being said on social media. There was definite interest. I don't know how yeah. true it was tonight or something. Um, tonight or not, but, um, you know, there were uh, people talking about it on Twitter about that there were – other team scouts at that game tonight, specifically watching Ristolainen. It's possible. It's possible. Um, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I don't know if that person knew. Uh, they were they were getting it from a secondhand source, but I don't know. But that's all I have for for Buffalo's defense. Not to take up that much time, but uh, we'll we'll switch over to you and. Um, Whatever you want to do for Toronto, you want to start with you. What are you going to start with, offense, defense, or goalies? So I've kind of said what I need to say about goalies. I think Hutch is a good goalie. I think he just needs to step up a little bit. Um, I think with both of our teams right now, the big talk has always been defense. It's, you know, the Leafs, we have four lines that can score. We have four lines that can go. And we, we really, if we could have it, we have five lines. Offense isn't an issue. Just isn't. Yeah. Are they going to have slow games? Of course, of course. Every everybody's going to. But defense this year, going into it, we weren't sure what was going to happen. We obviously had it. Yeah. Well, we lost pretty much everybody that we we use for our big one, Ron Hainsey. We lost Ron Hainsey. Yeah, yeah. Was it a big loss? Not in not in principle. It hurt a little bit, but with Penalty killing, it yeah. was big. He was our main penalty killer, and he was good at it. He was slow, so he wasn't good at much else, but penalty killing, he was good. He was able to block shots. He was able to clear the pot. He was able to really take the ball. And we yeah. had a few yeah. short-handed goals because of it, where he'd just dish it down and Kapanen or Brown every once in a while would go out and score a short-handed goal. And he was a he was replaced him. Plays. What's that? I said he was he was really good at setting up plays. Yeah. No. And we replaced him with Cody Cece, who's not nah. pile of garbage. Yeah. To say the very best about him. Um some games, you know, first few games here, um he's done all right. But when he's really, you know, pushed, he's He's just not good. He's just not good. This one, this one season, he's with us. Even if he even makes the full season, um, right. yeah, we'll be. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they sign him. Um, especially we have Marinson, who hasn't looked as bad as he normally does, which is good. Dermot's hurt, but when once he's back, I'd be surprised if CC doesn't drop to the third pairing. Is mm-hmm. Muzzin and Barry are going to be your second pairing always? Yeah. Riley and Dermot should be our pairing. And then Sandine and Hull or Sandine and Marinson, however you want to play it. If you want to bounce those two back and forth. Um, I think we have a good defense. We'll see. It hasn't really been great the first few games, but honestly Riley has kind of looked like hot doo-doo in the defensive uh, backing so far. And we all know he's – very close to one of the top defensemen in the league. 
He's going to win the Norris this year, by the way. That's my that's my hot take. Your hot take? My hot take. Um, but the only other thing, really, about it, Toronto is Mikhaev. Came out of nowhere. Came in the KHL. And he's just been – he's the golden boy in Toronto right now. I'm sure you've seen. I tweet about him about 15 times a minute. So, I think the kid can do no wrong. He really loves his soup. I love soup. He loves his, his soup. Yeah. I don't know, man. He he had this big interview. He's very bad. He doesn't speak a lot of English. And he, he was talking about how people in Canada don't eat enough soup. <laughs> it was it was so funny. Like you, we're here to talk about hockey. You're talking about soup. <laughs> well. He's he's phenomenal, but he's playing good too. He's just like he made this going into it. We lost a lot of our fourth line. Yeah. Didn't know what was yeah. going to happen. We knew obviously Hyman's hurt, so Captain or Janssen had to take that spot and go. And they're like we talked about, they're not doing great. But there's talks that Mikhaev and I'm I'm backing it up should go up to Tavares's line and kick Captain down the third yeah. line. He's just seems to be on the puck at all times and it's phenomenal. Um, Spezza is playing phenomenally. He's a fourth liner, but he's a good fourth liner. At right. least well, I can't complain with Gauthier, who apparently wants to keep his spot on the team because he's hammering it up so far. <laughs> and then, yeah. then Patan and Timoshov, the interchangeable, whoever's going to take the lower contract will stay. Um, Timoshev, I believe, has a few years left on his RFA, um, on his entry level here. But, yeah, I don't know. There's not much I don't like about the team. There's nobody other than CeCe that I feel like is trash. Must be gone. Yeah. And even CeCe, I mean, he's a body. He's a body. You put That's all you need with Riley. Once Riley gets moving and he starts going, that's all you need is a body. So CC, if he takes seven hundred thousand, he takes a league minimum, which he won't. Um, he'll take. Otherwise, it's going to be a kid that's in the AHL right now, coming up. Really quick, um, Timmy Bull. Really quick before um, we shift back to Buffalo, do you think that um, right now part of Toronto's problem, uh, just because you brought it up a few times, is is the fact that so many of your guys are injured? Um, I don't see it as a problem, really. Um, I think the only problem that they have is they need to cut back on the amount of work that Anderson has if we want to make a real push for the playoffs. Um, our team's scoring. Our team's scoring. Dermot is going to help defensively. He's going to help when the backup is in to keep things out of the net. Um, Hyman is going to just – just I don't know. I don't know who he's going to take place of. I'd assume they're going to put him with Matthews and Nylander. Um, but even if he's with Tavares and Marner, it doesn't make any difference. He's going to tear it up. There was just, they just posted a um, some stats as far as Corsi with and without Hyman. And Tavares and Marner's numbers without Hyman and with Hyman are drastically different. Yeah. And I think Tavares hasn't really done much because, I mean, he's got a spotlight on him right now. He's, yep. he's defended well. That's it. And Marner, for whatever reason, doesn't want to pass a puck anymore. He just wants to shoot. So 
that's it's fun. He's got a sense he's testing, but he just keeps shooting more, which yeah. isn't a problem. No. It's not an issue. No. But once they have Hyman back, who knows he played with them all last year, he knows exactly where he needs to be. He knows exactly how they shoot. He knows exactly where the puck's going to pop out. Yeah. It and change. it just works. It just works. Yeah. So I think I think it's fine. I don't see it as an issue. Um, some people are complaining that Tavares isn't really producing right now. It's four games in. The dude is playing well. Right, like it's not going to dictate the rest of the season. Exactly, exactly. Once Hyman's back, I think, you know, he's he's edgy enough that he's going to be really fighting for the puck and getting it out to Mark Tavares. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's really all I have for the Leafs. I mean, Babcock is clinging to his job. He's not making a big drastic changes. He's kept Nylander and Matthews together. Which is good. Yeah, he's yeah. not playing with lines a whole lot. Um, he's still rolling four lines, but at this point of the year, that's fine. It's yeah. more or less just important games where you should probably have your first, second line out there or whoever's hot at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited for this next week. We tomorrow we play uh, Tampa, so that should be a first really big division. Test of a game. I don't think test. It'll just be a nice to see a, a good divisional rival together, and really watch that. Um, I wish it was the Sabers, but we'll wait till November. November for that. Uh, November 29th is the first time that they play. Yeah, and then the 30th, I believe. So. It'll be cool. Um, that game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take Liz. I'm uh I'm coming up probably end of December. I'm gonna try to go to a Leafs game. So hopefully I can make it up there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm going to the. I'm gonna definitely try to see him in Tampa, and I'm definitely going to Miami to see him in uh, Sun well, Sunrise for Florida Panthers. That'll be cool. But it'll be fun. It'll be a fun season. You got anything else for the Sabres? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I still got the, the forwards and goalies. I'm just going to run. But um, well, it's just, you know, it's it, first year, new coach, different, completely different team. Oh, yeah. Um, like I said before, with uh, not much to really talk about with Jack just because I had talked about it. But, you know, if you – I don't know if you saw anything from tonight. Um, sure. Very little. Well, I know that I know that you were simming through <laughs> NHL twenty, but um, beautiful goal uh, from from Jack. I mean, he was surrounded by. I mean, he beat three defenders and the goaltender to put the puck in the. I mean, buried it in the back of his net. Yeah, I saw that one. I yeah. wanted to talk about that goal. You wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's not anything we really expect to see from Eichel. He's more. I mean, the Sabers have traditionally, over the last, I can't even tell you how long, been uh, a from the outside team. Yeah, coming up the wings. So I mean, oh. I've seen a lot of different play coming from Eichel. I am enjoying it. I like it. I think this is not to say that Eichel didn't have a good rookie year. I think based upon where the team was at at that time, he had as good of a rookie year as he was going to have. But I think this is the Jack Eichel that he's always wanted to be and that we've always expected him to be. Yeah. 
So I want to start by saying that um, Jack is playing well. I mean, he had a four-point night, right? Right. Um, that goal tonight, that was lazy defending. Oh, Jack, yeah. He should not have been able to get that shot off. No. He didn't do anything special. He no. didn't have to move. He just he went just straight up. He just went straight up. He skated. Up. That was Good. it. You can't let somebody who has a shot like that, because he's got a top 10 shot in the league. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard to pass. And it's just you can't let somebody with a shot like that get in. I actually tweeted about it right before we started. I was like, it's just lazy. And I know I'm going to get hate for it, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Michael. Because he, you know, he, he read that play perfectly. He knew they were being lazy. He just skated up and took the shot. Yeah. That's all he needed to do. There wasn't anything else. Had he had to make some moves, we've seen him do it. He can skate through people. He did it um, uh, one of the first games there. He he had a beautiful goal that was, you know, he broke some ankles and it was beautiful. Uh, but this one he didn't have to, which really is nice. You know, he's able to read that play and make these easy, yeah. easy plays. Which is not something that the Sabres have traditionally done. It's been a go up the wings and shoot it at the net and hope and pray that it goes in. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, and I, I did. I just looked up the tweet, and I saw it. I didn't read it entirely before, but I, I did see that you had retweeted it. But um, So next one down on the list is uh, Zemgis Gergensen. Um, honestly, a player I, I, I don't think anybody was too high on coming into the season. Definitely a guy where uh, when we re-signed him uh, to the one-year deal, this off season, uh, I mean, I was one of them uh, where I was like, why? Um, not really that productive of a player, not that on top of the puck. Um, like you had talked about this, uh, that um, some of Toronto is. Um, but Gergensen, much like uh, Scandella, just on the offensive side of the puck, has been playing a lot better. Um, he is more aggressive on the puck. He, there's a lot of play on the puck from Gergensen. Uh, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Same thing with both him and Scandella. I, you know, they were both Scandella more so was down in the on the opposite end of the ice, um, taking shots on goal. Um, Gergensen, like I said, more aggressive, more play on the puck. Um, I don't, I don't think that he's gonna get any better than he is already now, but. Definitely, you know, like you said before, he's a body. He's basically our CC. He's a body. Yeah. That's out there. Uh, but, I mean, also, I mean, also you got to realize Kierjensen does have pretty decent play away from the puck too, um, which is what he was pretty much being used for the last season or two. But, um, yeah, I like him. I, I think uh, – I mean, he definitely surprised me coming into the season. Um. Marcus uh, Johansson, um, slotted as a winger, but he's uh, he's been playing center, um, which really isn't all too surprising if you've paid attention to the Sabres as closely as like I have, where Kruger said that he wants basically rotational players and he wants, uh, I believe the quote was, he wants six centers playing a game. Uh, he wants guys that can play center and play wing, and that was, that was a move that was pretty clear when um, – Johansson was signed in the offseason because he has played center and he does play wing. So he can be that rotational player. Um, 
Johansson had the overtime goal tonight for the win. He had the win goal. So, uh, I mean, good on him. I I really don't have that much more to say about him. He really hasn't shown anything. I, I, I think he might have had a, a couple of points in the last few games, um, maybe some assists, and I think maybe another goal or two. But um, really nothing too spectacular out of him, which I don't re- – I think we all expected something spectacular out of him after seeing um, – what another professional sports team in Buffalo did with their off season. But um, we were expecting everything to be spectacular. And I mean, it is, I mean, it's definitely better than what we could have had last season, but um, Johan Larson, again, a guy much like Gerrigensen and Scandella was not big on coming into the season. I think he, I think he can be a good player. I mean, he obviously can be, uh, he was aggressive on the puck uh, tonight, just watching him. Um, I think he can be better than he already is. I just don't think he's 100% committed to this team um, and to the game. I really don't. Um, whether whether people agree with me or not, that's up to them. But Casey Middlestat, he has his moments. He's still developing. Um, but I don't know if you agree with me or not. He's he's not going to develop if you send him to the AHL. Okay, no. He's not. Um, no, we talked about that a little bit. We, 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 did, we did touch on the, the Sabres horrid but improving development program um middlestat is not i mean he's he is a talent i don't know if he's a generational talent but he is a talent there's a reason that we drafted him um i think i think he deserves that second line center spot where he is i think he i think he can grow into that position yeah Um, I think they're trying to create a mini Jack Eichel and I think they're pretty well succeeding at it. He has his moments. He has his moments where he's good. And he has other moments where he looks lost. He's still learning how to play in the NHL. But, I mean, it, it, it's um, Kyle Ocpozo really quick, no noticeable change. Honestly, a guy that you could switch somebody else out for and that guy might be a little bit better or the same. I, I mean, his play, his, his play really hasn't been the same since he had that whole medical episode uh, a season or two ago. Um, where I mean he was he was doing decent then, but really, really no noticeable change season to season here. Victor Golofson Olofsson. My man. Uh, I've been an Olofsson fan for a while now. Uh he's wearing 68, which I think is just a really good looking jersey number on him. I know it's one less number than you would probably like, but nothing. A little bit. It's there. I like him. I like him a lot. Um, like I said, I, 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 I jersey number. It should have went in '69. He should have yeah. been. Yeah, '68 is a good choice, but yeah. you know, now, whatever. He has scored. I think he has scored every game. Sometimes two, sometimes one point uh, or or one goal. I mean, he scored tonight. Like he had two goals against uh, New Jersey. I mean, Olafson is. Um, I mean, it is. It is always scary when you have a guy go from AHL to first line, especially a guy who has spent so much time in the AHL. Yeah. Um, but he seems to be pretty well adjusted to it. Really can't say anything else more than the fact that his nickname is Golofson. So that should tell you all you need to know about him right there. Sam Reinhart, really no noticeable change. Um, 
kind of same thing. I mean, he's just doing – although I will say he has he has put up more points now in the beginning of the season than he usually does. Um, he's a little bit more active out there. But, again, no noticeable change. I just don't know if he's being overshadowed by the fact that you have guys like Gergensen and um, Scandella and Larson who are out there and have improved a little bit. And so it's, it, it's kind of, you know, talent-wise, it's kind of evening out throughout. So you don't have a couple of guys like Reinhard Skinner and Michael um, who are the standouts. But Rodriguez played his first night tonight. Really didn't see anything from him. I'm not an Evan Rodriguez fan. Um, I, I don't – I mean, people can throw his analytics in my face all they want, but I'm not a Rodriguez fan. Connor Shiri is injured. Um, which is why Rodriguez was in tonight's series day-to-day. Jeff, Jeff Skinner Jeff Skinner said that he feels better and that he will be more productive this season. I don't know if you can get any more productive this season than how he was last season. I'm sure you can, but, it's, uh, I mean, just Buffalo traded it for Skinner out of nowhere, and then he comes in and – plays better than Eichel by all means last season, by all means. And we end up re-signing him to that monster contract. Um, I mean, the fact that he said that he feels better and he can be more productive, that's that's setting the bar really high. So, I mean, I think that says something about how the players feel about the team as a whole. Um, yeah. Sabatka. Yeah. He's there. He, he is there. And this is when, – when you were talking about Toronto, um, Sabatka popped into my mind because he's not, he's not a guy that you're going to expect to go out and score and play like an Eichel or a Skinner. He's just not. Um, but Sabaka is a guy who will set up plays for you. Um, and so, you know, when people are like, you know, why did we re-sign Skinner to this contract just to have him play with a guy like Sabatka? Well, he's setting up plays. He's setting up Jeff Skinner to make – to put the puck in the net, basically. Um, and he, he, had, he took some face-offs tonight. Um, and I, at least the one right before, I think, uh, the Eichel goal, uh, he won that face-off. Um, Last for forwards, just before we head to goalies and then wrap it up really quick, um, Jimmy Vesey, I think he has promise. I think he has a little bit of promise. I don't know if it's a lot. I would like to see more of a Vesey-Reinhardt connection, though, just um, after what they did in – I can't remember if it was preseason or the first game of the season um, when, uh, when Reinhardt shot that puck, like, all the way down the ice to Vesey and he scored. Um, I want to see if they have a connection, and if they do, making sure that that connection is out on the ice together more. Yeah, that's, that, fair. that's what I want to see. And you, I really haven't seen a whole lot of VZ and Reinhardt playing in the same area of the ice. Um, really quick goaltending, Hutton and Olmark, they're doing the same thing that they did last year, which is just switching them out every other game, every game, every few games. I like it. Um, UPL, Luka Pekalukanen, generational goaltending talent. I don't think anybody can deny that. I mean, he's breaking records left and right. He is recovering from hip surgery, though. Um, but when he comes back, he will be the Sabres' third goaltender 
um, like their intermediary. So he'll he'll be playing in Rochester, but you know has will be called up if need be. So um, goaltender wise, I think we're pretty set. Buffalo has a pretty nice goaltending um, pipeline, but I mean, all in all, this deep dive for both teams is both different and the same. Yeah. And every team, every team has guys like, oh, like a Sabatka that sets up place. And every team has guys like in Eichel that's supposed to put the puck in the net. You know, it's just how many of those guys do you have on that team that determines whether that team is going to end up playing all the way into June or not. Yeah. Now, like I said, I've, I've made the comparison. Sabres are very much like you had obviously way more to say about a year. Yeah. Forwards than I did, and that's right. when you know they just a lot. It's new. It's a new system. They're just kind of getting it together, and it's it's yeah. impressive and it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's no longer a tire fire. There's only two things I wanted to touch on. One's right. super cool. Um, Olafson. Uh, I want to see more from him. Mm-hmm. He has six goals in four games, which is phenomenal. He is. I want to say the fourth player in NHL history to have all six of his first goals. Um, on power play. Yep. yep. But he hasn't scored off the power play. Yep. And it's concerning. Yep. Not yep. concerning because he's got points, obviously. But right, but you, I you want to see I want to see what he can do five on five. Yeah. Well you want to see you want to see if he can be that well rounded player. Yeah. And how long is it gonna take? Because right now he's the go to guy on the power play. He's mm-hmm. the guy that's sneaking in there and nobody's really watching him and he's good. How long is it going to take before people start catching on? And what are they going to do with that point? So there's something goes to it. It's not he's skilled. He's going to yeah. do great. Um, I don't think it's an issue. I think they're using him to their advantage right now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Same thing. And it came off of that same tweet that we were talking about on that Eichel goal. Yeah. We'll talk about this next week. I just want to bring it up. Who in their right mind in Buffalo really thinks that Eichel is better than Matthews? I was this was four this like- or five tweets on it. How, how? Are you talking? Oh, I'm seeing it better than Matthews. How? Eichel is a Marner-esque player. He's great. He's going to be a franchise player. He's like a ten shot in the league, but that's his forte. I don't. Okay, so here's so here's my only thing. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to to Matthews or not. My only thing is though, you have to. You also have to take into consideration and look at where where the two teams have been in terms of of production in, in like the team as a whole. Um, Matthews has had more to work with than, really. than Eichel. I'm not talking about this season, but I'm saying like, you know, going, going back really before Skinner, all, all he had to work with was Reinhardt and Rodriguez. Matthews, the first two seasons played with Hyman, Connor yeah. Brown. It was his first year. It was all rookies. Right. And the second year, these are twenty goal scorers. Nothing. Nothing impressive. Right. Just those guys. 
he made them what they are. And then Nylander, once he came on, then it blew up. Then it blew up. Yeah. But you look at Nylander and Skinner. Skinner blows Nylander out of the water. Yeah. I think this year they're going to be closer. But Skinner's a better player than Nylander. Yeah. Probably in the same tier, but Skinner's better. Yeah. I, I just – it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Matthews by far has the best wrist shot in the league. That's the league. Goal the other night. They replayed it like four or five times, and I still didn't see the goal because it was too quick. Yeah. They had to slow it down before I even realized where it went in. There's <laughs> one angle you can really see it. Yeah. But it's just – and the dude's – the way he skates is just phenomenal. He picks pucks. It's, it's, it's great. I a great player, a phenomenal player. He's, yeah. But he's yeah. more in – he's better than Marner. Don't get me wrong, like quite a bit better than Marner. Yeah. Marner puts up more points than him, but it's yeah. it's different. But he's in that same tier. Yeah. He's that same tier. He's more a goal scorer where Marner's more, you know, he puts up more points, but they're mostly assists and playmaking, stuff like that, different roles. Right. My God. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not gonna. I really I really don't watch Toronto as much as you probably watch Buffalo. I mean, I I, I catch clips and I catch highlights. Um, the most I'll probably watch Toronto is when they play Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you're you're a little bit more into into. Not saying I'm not obviously because we're sitting here doing a podcast, but you know, with with LDG as a whole, you know, we're covering football as well as. As, as well as hockey, so there's there's a lot that I'm paying attention to and watching. But um, no, I think that's I think that's an absolutely fair point in terms of I mean they, they there is skill on both of these teams. It is undeniable. Oh yeah, completely undeniable. But um, specifically talking about LDG Sports, though, uh, if those of you that are listening are interested in following along uh, with. Uh, us as a whole in terms of both football and hockey you can follow us on instagram at ldg sports and on facebook at ldg sports um but if you are interested in following just the podcast we do have a brand new instagram to announce um it is the rivalry podcast with an underscore between uh the rivalry and rivalry podcast um and we should have a Twitter account coming soon uh, that just has to get set up. But um, yeah, we are getting, we are expanding our online presence. Uh, Cody will have access to some, but not all. Maybe depends on what he's going to put on there. Um, <laughs> some, but not all of the, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, you can find us uh, at LDG sports on Instagram or Facebook or the rivalry podcast uh, right now on Instagram, but we will be bringing the podcast to its very own account on Twitter soon. Uh, but really quick before we wrap it up, we do have, um, there were some announcements made today um, in regards to, uh, how, do, how do we want to put this? Crossover events? No, that sounds like we're actually important and people care to listen to us. <laughs> um, but I will be uh, – on a couple of different podcasts in in the next week or so. Um, I don't know if Cody's been talking. I know I know you've been posting in 
leaf groups on Facebook um, and talking it up, but I don't know if you're specifically on anything. I will be, I will actually be at uh, Potathon in Buffalo at uh, Riverworks uh, this Saturday. Um, I believe that the basket raffles start at like 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, but the main event, which is a, an all-you-can-eat uh, pizza and wing, and if you buy the alcoholic ticket, there's an open bar, um, but it is to benefit BB&G Charities. Uh, they are hosting the event. Um, Monster, formerly of the Cold Front Report and now of uh, Elite Sports, will be hosting it, but I will be at Buffalo Sports Potathon. Uh, representing LDG Sports and the Rivalry Podcast. And I will actually be on the very first inaugural episode of the Ice Chatter 716 podcast talking uh, hockey. And then I will hopefully, it's not confirmed yet, but be on another new podcast called The Rancher and the King, which will be talking both hockey and football. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, I've been talking with a couple other people about guesting on their podcasts. So that's where you'll be able to find uh, us in the next couple of weeks. But we will also be releasing another episode next week, um, although we'll be recording on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. So I don't know if that'll hinder the release date a little bit. Um, although we should probably tell you guys that if you were looking for us on iTunes, we're not there yet. Uh, because there's a problem with Apple, and uh, Cody is working on that, as he is the one that submits these. So Cody is working on making sure that we are on Apple and iTunes soon, hopefully. But we are up on everything else, Spotify, Anchor, um, Google Podcasts. So we're out there. You just have to find us. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a game of manhunt. You just, you gotta find, you gotta find us. Um, but no, we are out there, and we will uh, keep you guys updated on everything that's coming out. So, Cody, do you have anything that you would like to say? Are you, are you looking at any podcasts? Are you talking to any people? Or? So, not at the moment. Like I said, I have been uh, in Facebook groups. You can talk to me there. You can talk to me on Twitter. Um, if you have any ideas, throw at us. Yeah. Any questions? Anything that you hear and you want to talk about, by all means, let us know. Um, got yeah. a few other podcasts that I'm, I'm looking at to potentially either bring on here or go on there. I'm just kind of cross-contaminate. But, no, everything's, uh, everything's good. But I would like to mention, Ryan, that if, if they're listening to this, they, they found us. That is true. You did. <laughs> We've seen that there were a few plays. There were like four plays on – on um like spotify or something like that right there were like four players making it big. huh making it big oh yeah no we're rolling in the cash we're rolling in the cash. <laughs> no we'll be we'll be out there on the ranter and the king podcast we'll be out there on the ice chatter 716 podcast we're gonna roll out all our social media um we're gonna look to bring on guests i'm currently talking um, with a couple people right now about having them on here. You know, we want to bring guests on here so that you're not just listening to our two voices um, for what is supposed to be half an hour, but always turns into about an hour. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking to change it, mix it up. So if you're listening and you have questions, you can reach us um, and, you know, we'll put the questions on the air and, and we'll talk about it. But past that, 
I think that's really it for tonight. Um, again, no game plan, no looking forward uh, as to what next week's episode is, but season one, episode four, we will be uh, deep, not deep, but deeper into the hockey season. So uh, I can't wait to see what comes up. Hopefully some Sabres losses. Hopefully some Sabres losses. Uh, I don't really know about that. <laughs> win <laughs> some Sabres losses that's all I can hope for but I want to thank everybody for coming out to the earlier episodes like I said like us on Facebook and at uh, LDG Sports right on Facebook um, we'll have a Twitter soon and our Instagram and we'll look forward to seeing you all next week alright thank you everybody for joining us this has been episode 3 of the Rivalry Podcast <laughs>